Put on your headphones, buddy, and turn your speakers up just right. Cause there's a podcast coming out on SoundCloud Monday night. You can listen while doing work online. Cause tonight we're gonna take our sweet time. We spend one hour a week now. Talking our own random bullshit Then we finally get to the song Was it a dud? Was it a hit? When it comes to roll of the dice time We've already got next step on our mind But as the ranking goes, you can feel the heat I hope we don't come too blows Spixing song of the week We talk the way we wanna talk Spitting song of the week Whoa, oh, 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 oh Hey man, doesn't the big money rock Spitting song of the week Spitting song of the week So somebody ran out Left somebody's heart in a mess Well, if you're looking for All right, everyone, welcome to the Springsteen Song of the Week podcast. I'm Alex, usually in Minneapolis, but here in Denver today, downtown Denver on the Metro State University campus with my good friend Seth. How's it going? Um, Seth, what, who's the mascot? What's, oh, what's we're mascot? the Roadrunners. The Roadrunners. Um, and uh, we have a very special guest this week, Luke Russert. Uh, you know him from NBC News, you know his father from uh, Meet the Press and NBC, and uh, he's a huge Bruce fan. Right, Luke? Uh, Diehard. You're kind of born into it, you know, and it's something that's been a uh, part of my life for for quite a long while and something that I continue to adhere to to this day. And uh, the Broadway run starts pretty soon, so... Hopefully, see one of those shows or uh, or, or fifteen. And uh, are you telling us you got yeah. tickets? Uh, I have. I have not secured tickets at this point, but uh, I'm hopeful that I can. You know, I saw Bruce. The last time I saw Bruce actually was a surreal moment because I was traveling in Australia, and I saw him at a place called the Hunter Valley oh. Vineyard. That's way out um, there, right? Uh, yeah, it's a it's a little ways from Asbury Park or Freehold or Colts Neck or Wellington, Florida, wherever you want to be from. Uh, but I was out there and there was this massive thunderstorm that hit. And this was in February, so that's the summer in Australia because you're below the equator. And some guy came out and uh, he's this very kind of heavy set Australian guy. Totally into the music, I suppose, you know, in the vineyard, and he basically came out and said, it doesn't matter about lightning, it doesn't matter about the rain, this show is going to go on and rock and roll forever. So there's just a massive downpour for about two hours, and then Bruce came out and played his, his great three-and-a-half-hour set, and it was, it was awesome. And uh, one thing I hope the U.S. would ever would come along to is in Australia, 
you can buy a bottle of wine for about eight bucks and hold the entire show, which oh. is the cost of like what half a beer. At the right? Event. Yeah, we would be proponents <laughs> of that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Alex, you saw him in New Zealand. Alex saw him in New Zealand. I did. Was oh, this a tour? You were probably on the same. Was it the River Tour? Yeah, yeah. just this past year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw the uh, Christchurch and Auckland shows. So Christchurch, when I was there. Uh-huh. I had got to talking to somebody at, at the bar, and, and they were telling me about how the radio stations there had been pushing for my city of ruin. Yes, uh, to be played. And people don't realize this, but you know, Christchurch really did get destroyed. I mean, on the level of New Orleans and the U.S. You know, right? And that song was so important to those folks, and Bruce played it, and it's just, it's fantastic. You able to do that. It was an incredible moment, yeah. Because um, I, uh, you know, I, when I first um, had the idea to, to go to New Zealand, um, I, uh, you know, I started researching Christchurch and stuff, and I was like, oh yeah, that was the city that got that got hit really hard, you know, back in 2011 or so. And then yeah, um, seeing it, it was it was very powerful. They've got they've got this memorial. Did you see the memorial? The um, I did, I yeah. did. And the other thing that struck that the really struck me was you can drive down a lot of those streets and you see how many places are still yet to be rebuilt. Yeah. Uh, and, and talking with the local people, they have experienced uh, a, a, a very large brain drain in the sense that a lot of the kids uh, who graduated from the top of the classes, they now go up to Wellington or they go up to Auckland and it's, you know, they don't want to stick it out in the South Island. The South Island of New Zealand is extremely beautiful and everyone listening should go there no matter what, go support Christ Church. But it's certainly something that is going to take a, a fair amount of time to, to rectify because that city just was, it was literally decimated overnight. And they added another one uh, a short amount of time later that heard it just as well. And it, it, it resonates in the, in the psyche of all those people. Right. It's, it's a beautiful city, too. You've got the mountains. Oh, it certainly and is. It certainly is. It has big English gardens. And, mm-hmm. and, I mean, you were down there, South yeah. Island, New Zealand. There is no beautiful, more beautiful place in the world. I mean, my God, drive down a few hours down the road to Milford Sound and if you're not if you're not uh, enthralled by that, there's nothing in the world that will right. uh, make you happy. And you know what else um, is another city like that? Um, even more so uh, is is Auckland. It's just. Uh, have you been there? I have been to Auckland. I, I liked Auckland. Auckland's a nice place, and I like the uh, islands that were surrounding it, uh, specifically Wahiki, uh, which is great, and uh, Auckland. Which I thought was fascinating is that there's a sort of downtown commerce area, and then if you right. go up the hill, there's the really chill, forget the name of it, uh, but the sort of chill kind of bar and restaurant area, and that has a just beautiful view going mm-hmm. down onto all those buildings and whatnot. And I actually, to talk about concerts, I saw Guns N' Roses in Auckland. Oh, did you? Yes, and, and I'm a big GNR fan, and, and when they got back together, I was, I was kind of like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'll see him or not. I'm, I'm not going to trick out to a stadium in the U.S. because stadium concerts are always a sort of, eh, what's going on? And I landed at the airport in Auckland, I saw the big Guns N' Roses poster, and coincidentally, it was the day I was there, and I went on their version of Stub Hub, and the tickets were good. Oh, nice. I said, yeah, I'll go. And it was a 
great show. It was a great venue. It was sort of like a glorified, I would say, what we in the U.S. would say is like sort of a college stadium, college football stadium. It was like 50,000 people, but close together. And uh, to talk about the difference in, in, in alcohol laws, in New <laughs> Zealand, it is expected that you come back from the beer stand with eight beers. Not the customary <laughs> two that we have in the U.S. So I, I asked for two. And the guy assumed that I was asking for two trays. <laughs> and I was, I was just by myself. So I made some new friends that night. Now We were at 8.50. <laughs> oh, totally. The Kiwis, they're so friendly, too. Like, Positive just in the crowd, I met so many people. Yeah. And, like, in Auckland, I had, or actually, I met this guy at a Christchurch show. And then once we got to Auckland, like, I hung out in the line with them. And they, like, showed me all around town and, you know, Showed me all oh, the yeah. really cool spots. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, they will chat your ear off. Right. And there's, there's not a bad bone in their body. And uh, I just, I, I encourage everybody. I mean, if you're, not, if you're not a big traveler and you're sort of freaked out by stuff, go to Australia, New Zealand, from the U.S., they'll, they'll love you. Like their long-lost cousins who also, also fled the British Empire. Right, <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're kindred spirits in that yeah, way. Yeah, on the other, opposite ends of the world. So, what did you think of that Hunter Valley show? Like the set. Oh, it was stuff. tremendous. Uh, I mean, aside from the rain, I, I just everyone says you know go see Bruce in a different country, right? Uh, because the fans react totally differently, and, and many people say that the best place to see Bruce is sort of Italy or Spain or one of those European yeah. shows, uh, which I certainly would like to do, and I, and I hope he does more of them. Uh, or Latin America. What I what really struck me about that show, though, in particular, was that the audience was just so engaged to whatever he played. If you go to a U.S. show, there are a, a, a fair amount of casual fans, but a lot of the fans are, I want to hear this, or I want to hear that, or you know, I've been to 5,000 shows, blah, 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 blah. Whereas over there, it's sort of like, hey, he's not here very often. Like, let's go see him. Right. And they were into every song 110%. And that was really nice to see. Uh, and I think everyone can subscribe to this, is that, you know, we're, we're all Bruce diehards. But there's, ne- there's nothing worse in the world than a super hypercritical, cynical Bruce fan. And oh. the, the great thing about yeah. the Australia shows were that they – those were not there. If Bruce traveled that far, everybody was happy to hear whatever the hell he played. Right. <laughs> Queen of Supermarket <laughs> could have been played ten times, and everyone would have loved it. <laughs> yeah. we, we, we would like that, too, but for, for our own for more, reasons. Yeah. <laughs> um, that song's a running joke on this show, actually, but... If someone has a catalog, right, that goes from the early 70s to present day, you know, is in the thousands of songs, you're going to hit a few that you might not think are the greatest of all time. Everyone has a queen of the supermarket. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure Guns N' Roses do. Actually, I'm positive Guns N' Roses do. Uh, Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, the, the, the Axel album or whatever. Yeah, Chinese the, Democracy. Chinese Democracy had a few of those on there. And what was funny about seeing that show was that yeah, I was of the opinion that they probably did it for money. 
which is totally fine because you know aging rock stars, the royalties are different because they're no longer selling CDs. You're, you're on Spotify with the the memberships per month, and so it's a different game. But it was very clear. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe they, they all are friends again. There'd be like the Axel part of the show, the Slash part of the show, the Duff part of the show. Right. <laughs> okay. yeah. We're out here for the Mighty Dog. Right. So, um, what's uh, what's your first memory of Bruce? First memory of Bruce was my father on his exercise bike uh, when I was a young kid, just blasting Born USA uh, on cassette tape. Oh, nice. Uh, which is a throwback. Some people listening might, might not remember the cassette tape. Uh, but yeah, Born in the USA cassette tape, uh, and then in the car would be the Born to Run album and the Darkness album. Uh, but it was sort of a standard set of Born in the USA it was the workout music, and then mm. you know, Born in Born to Run and Darkness was in the car. I can see that. Uh, that's, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which you know, on the on cassette makes sense at that time. Right. Uh, and so that was sort of my first thing, was just this sort of really energetic, uh, I don't want to say kind of dance music, but workout music. And then it, it you know, so sort of later on, you start to appreciate the lyrics and the message. And uh, yeah, I was talking earlier about my, my hometown. That was a song off of Born to Run which is kind of probably one of the first times I've ever really sat as a young kid, you know, talking about like five, six, seven, eight, or nine, like process the lyrics a little bit, you oh, know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's sort of the journey that so many Bruce fans go down is that at what time do you just sort of put aside the wonderful rhythm uh, and the beat and then sort of focus on what the message is uh, and, yeah, it's something that everyone goes through at their own speed. It's it's so weird how much music changes once you start like actually considering the lyrics. <laughs> right. <laughs> Surreal. Surreal. And I think so many people, at least with Bruce, uh, even the casual fans, you know, so many people still approach it. And I've actually seen this to some degree. Is this... Um, sort of like Americana Festival, right? And I'll go to shows and you have people that wear like the American flag bandanas, you know, fist pump America and rock and roll. I'm all behind that. That's great. That's fantastic. But understand Born in the USA is an anti-war song, right? Right. And there's still a lot of people that don't fathom that. Which fascinating. I think it's pretty interesting about Bruce in general is that he's very open about where his beliefs are and what the songs mean for the most part and what they're what they're talking about <laughs> so many people choose to interpret him in their own ways and, that, and it's also i think pretty neat i mean i have very conservative friends that feel that bruce springsteen is one of them i have extremely liberal <laughs> friends that say bruce springsteen is one of us right right and we all know where he is he's very much on the, on the, on the liberal side and he, he does it so eloquently and wonderfully uh, and, and, and it amazes me that he's still able to draw those people in on, on both sides of the spectrum, which is nearly impossible in this day and age. Well, that's funny. We talked with the uh, the subject. Do you know the song Youngstown? Yeah. We talked yeah. with Bruce. So Bruce wrote it about this guy, this father and, and his son. It was inspired by 
by their story he read or after he'd seen the photos in his book and he wrote a, this whole song about Youngstown about um, the, you know, the steel mills closing and it was a, based on this guy and so we interviewed him on our show and actually he and Bruce actually came over to the guy's house and had like they had dinner with his family before a concert <laughs> in, in a, was it in Youngstown? Yeah in Youngstown. In Youngstown and he was he was saying and this guy and um he's now he's now a he's now a Trump supporter but he was and he was talking about how how great Bruce was and, he, and then he he kind of threw aside he's like yeah I don't care too much he's like I don't care too much for his liberal politics or whatever but he's like but he's like oh but he was such a great guy he was amazing. You know, it, it's interesting because I'm trying to get to the to the heart of that and it, so much of it is that. Bruce talks about in his songs this, what is very much representative in the conservative part of America, this sort of self-reliance, right? Like, yeah. the, you know, the, in, in the town, in, in the song Youngstown, you know, those big boys did what Hitler couldn't do, right? They, yeah. they knocked out our jobs, you know, it's the big corporate, you know, the, you know, bad people, and then the government's out to get me, and that's sort of a common theme of the songs. And I, when I was covering Capitol Hill for NBC, I used to joke around to people, especially on the Democratic side, I said, if you could ever reach those voters that Bruce is talking to who end up voting conservative, <laughs> you'd be undefeated. Well, they used to be, well, because they, they used to be Democrat voters, and yeah, now... Yeah, there is, there is a union Democrat, and then there's that movie sort of Reagan Democrat, and, and now, now it's all spread over the place with what with, with, with Trump did in those Rust Belt states recently. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting. Like, I don't, people say some of Bruce's music is misinterpreted. I don't necessarily feel it's misinterpreted. I think it's sort of, it, it's it's received how you want to receive it, much like so much of our contemporary media is. It's not overtly slanted, you know? Yeah, and Bruce, I mean, he's a storyteller, so you get, you sure. take what you want sure. out of it, right? Yeah. 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 And, and, and all that is sort of reflective of eras and age. And, you know, there's so many albums out there. You could see, you know, people focus on, you know, Youngstown, and that was uh, Ghost of Tom Joad and that sort of era. But, you know, you kind of look at, you know, The Rising, which was the, the rebirth album of, of his success the early 2000s dealing with 9-11 but one album that I don't think gets enough attention is Magic you know Magic is a very deeply political album and in, in, in explaining a lot of different things that are going on at that time that kind of went in under the radar uh, but is if you're a diehard Bruce fan I encourage you go back and listen to that album again it's extraordinarily powerful yeah no we're, we're big Magic fans oh uh, love Magic yeah uh, we we talk it up. We did. We we rank all the songs on this show that as we go through them, and we did "Long Walk Home." You know that song? Great song. Great song. Great yeah, song. one of my probably my favorite uh, modern like post like E Street reunion Bruce song. And we, yeah, we we ranked it pretty highly. We talked about um, I think top ten, and we've done like eighty episodes, right? Yeah, and it's, we just talked about you know and like the the depth of. Of the storytelling and the um, the the how uh, how how political and like universal at the same time, you know, that it's like that kind of classic Bruce um, uh, songwriting style. Um, oh, it's a great and it, 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 it's great and, I, and, and you know, long walks home is, is something that he thankfully is 
played a lot in shows and even ones that weren't part of that tour. I already like living in the future a lot. Yeah. But it's, it's explaining an extremely powerful message. And I remember when he was doing that, the, the PR for that album, he was on the Today Show, and he was sort of, he was jumping, jiving, and you know, kind of getting the crowd together, but he said, you know, let, let, let's have a cheer for the, the Bill of Rights. <laughs> and, and, and the cheer for the Bill of Rights was yeah. not as loud as it was for, for Clarence or, or Dan here. <laughs> and people I think he was kind of taken aback by that. Well, that's better. That's better than when he was on the Today Show promoting Devils and Dust, and Matt Lauer was, uh, was thrilling him about his dirty lyrics. Another very underrated album. Yeah. Which, which, you know, hit in '05, I believe, in the spring of '05, and and I honestly believe had that hit a little bit later when the Iraq War went totally south, it would have gotten more recognition. Uh, it, it was very wise, and then it preceded what would eventually happen. Yeah, it was kind of uh, it was kind of prescient at the it, like. Yeah, it, it was yeah. prescient, and it was also one of those things that I don't re- I don't remember. I'm sure it probably was, but had that album been recorded uh, in an electric fashion, it probably would have gotten more notoriety. Mm, but yeah, yeah, I, I still think there's there's so you know I love Maria's band on that album. My God, that's a great. Song. Yes, that's a win for Seth. We have this weird debate um, where uh, Seth is always defending Maria's bed, and I'm always defending Roll of the Dice from Human Touch. Oh, Maria's bed, man. Maria's Thank bed. you. <laughs> All right, we have, we've established that. I mean, my God. No, we've established that. I actually saw him at the, uh, when I was in college with my father at the uh-huh. Orpheum Theater in Boston. Yeah. And he came out, and, and before, he, he did two sort of, Part of the Devil's Industrial. There was the really small Peters that he wanted to see who would resonate. And honestly, at this point, I always laugh because I'm friendly with some of the people close to him and their band. He's always like, well, he wants to see if it would resonate. I'm like, at this point, the guy can literally put out the word, the uh, and sing it 5,000 times and it would resonate. <laughs> yeah. But so he's like, okay, I want to see if it resonates. And he went out there in Orpheum at the Orpheum Theater. It was a wonderful show. And that Maria's bread just this, this this captivated everybody, and he ended up uh, expanding that show to where we go to arenas and they would put down a black curtain, kind of cut it in half. Yeah. And you know the, the MSG and, and the, the Garden and, and Verizon and DC, and, and, it, and it worked out well. But it wasn't the same as that small show. That's why I'm very thrilled for Broadway. That'd be a very cool experience that people get to see that uh, that intimate. Man, yeah, I wish I could go to that. Yeah, I tried for tickets, uh, I but I got on standby both times. It, well, yeah. you guys got to finagle away, man. You gotta tell well, me I'm not Luke Russell. You want a credential. <laughs> yeah, you're, millennial, you're a millennial Bruce fan. That's all they care about is selling the albums to the kids. We should go. We <laughs> should try to get credentials. We end up interviewing him. The damn name. Why not throw it out there? Yeah. Um, well, I'll throw it out there to the one person I know. Um, Luke Russert, could you get me a cr- credential? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll tweet this out and hopefully someone will hear your cry. I mean, oh, yeah. Man. You, you could get, I mean, City Pages, unless City Pages could get you in. Right. <laughs> I, I write for the, uh, the local Alt Weekly in Minneapolis. 
So there's Good a small man. chance. They're a good place to be for. Hey, by the way, the Twins, the others still in it? Yeah. Twins are still in, in the playoff it? race. And the Rockies. And the Rockies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, hopefully they over. I, I like the Twins. I, I hope they, they hope they do it. And I want to go see that new stadium. That looks oh, beautiful. Target Field's beautiful. And you know what else? Yeah. Target Center is being renovated. Are you a basketball fan? I am. I All am. Right. I am. I mean, there, there's an argument that if the Timberwolves were in the Eastern Conference, they could. They could oh, even run that next shit. year. Yeah, uh, we'd be in the finals. KAT, Butler, <laughs> yeah. that was a hell of a pickup with Butler, you know, Wiggins. Uh, that's a good squad. Yeah. That's a good squad. And if you really want to pull the heartstrings, I mean, had they been able to keep Marbury and Garnett <laughs> together back in the day, that's the big one. Of damage of they could have done. Yeah. They had the one year. They had the one year they made the conference finals and lost oh, to the four Lakers. Or five, yeah. 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 Who, yeah. Who are you a fan of? Who's your team? Uh, Wizards. You're a Wizards fan. Wizards, okay. yeah. Which is interesting because the Wizards have... The Wizards elected to go with less cap space to sign, re-sign all their stars. So there's Beal, Wall, and they re-sign Otter Porter. And it'll be interesting to see how they can maneuver. But what I think is really interesting is that after this summer, right, where there's going to be so much movement, if LeBron, in fact goes to the West Coast, L.A. with Westbrook and Paul George, mm-hmm. the Eastern Conference becomes a complete just... It's the junior varsity. It's the junior varsity. It's the junior varsity. becomes the D-League. <laughs> is that, right? So that's the Wiz strategy, is just wait out, wait them out. Right. Don't so like that's chase exactly what the Wizards' strategy is. And I actually think that's what the Celtics' strategy is, too, yeah. is that we're going to wait on LeBron, and then if LeBron somehow re-signs, then okay, we can... You know, they can still have a puncher's chance against LeBron right now. If you leave, then fine. You know, you take all the notoriety. You become like the New Jersey Nets in the early part of the century, mm. right? You yeah, yeah. go out there and, you know, get your butt kicked on uh, <laughs> yeah. national TV for a few weeks. Exactly, yeah. It was, yeah, yeah, Jason Kidd and, and the crew. So what you so you you said I forget what you what you told me exactly, but you said you had been carefully considering after we asked you to be on the show. Uh, you've been carefully considering like five songs, which is which we're honored because no one ever puts any consideration in, into our show when they're a guest on the show. Um, so so thank you for that. Now why now what were those songs that you picked? What what were the contenders and why did Tougher Than the Rest win out? Uh, so it's very hard because you're you're kind of asking me to rank my favorite Bruce songs. That's right? exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> which is something that I feel is entirely kind of predicated upon mood, moment, where you are, yeah. you know, what, what you're feeling at any given time. Yeah. So I always kind of go back to a collection that that, that, that speak to me or the mood that I'm in or yeah. whatnot. I, it's, uh, it's hard to So yeah. when I was getting it down to two, it was tougher than the rest, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. It was Darkness on the Edge of Town. Uh, and Thunder Road obviously is extremely important, but you know, my God, that's everyone's favorite song. So you want to go into that, right? Right. Um, I really like Downtown Train a lot. Yeah. Uh, which uh, Downbound, excuse me, Train a lot, which is it's surprising. And then uh, the other one that um, 
that really resonates with me is your Missing, uh, the Rising album, uh, which I think is is a song that is actually, it's too hurtful that it never got the commercial appeal that it should have gotten. Mm -hmm. It's just too emotional. It tugs on too many heartstrings for that. You know, right? Uh, but that's one that I, I I really 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 like. And the other one that that you mentioned was uh, actually Youngstown earlier we oh, talked about, wow, uh, which I I really like a lot. So I'm happy you mentioned that. But tougher than the rest to me in terms of discussing is a song that producers will still play every now and then, right. which is really neat. Uh, and one that resonates in the sense of what relationships are, and that kind of eternal relationship between man and woman that Bruce is exploring in Tunnel of Love. And uh, I always thought it was really just powerful. And then when you put that against the backdrop of what relationships are in the current day mm-hmm. with uh, Tinder and all the social media apps and kind of like I'll talk to kids a little bit younger than me and, and they sort of where they live on and, and how it operates and sort of, okay, this song actually does still carry weight because it's released in the 80s at a time when you're kind of expected to some degree, marry your high school sweetheart, but there's not really kind of dating. There's not a ton of dating beforehand, right? You're still kind of in that father knows best era. Right. Uh, everyone likes to think like the 60s obliterated that one. Well, no, no, no. It kind of it kind of permeated for quite a long while, and especially in different areas of the country. Uh, but it, it it describes these two characters that have had this come and go, come and go, come and go, and, and finally they make something of it. Uh, and, I, and, and I've always related to that. I thought it was interesting. I also think it really was, excuse me, cojones, had a lot of fortitude in the sense that he put that song out there and then the music videos with Patty, uh, which is very powerful. Because he obviously had his own romantic issues with his, his previous spouse, and, and there's Patty and his lifelong love, you know, fellow New Jersey rocker and rock and roll. So I've always gravitated towards that. I was pretty neat. It's about the realness of love in a marriage, not the not the fairy tale honeymoon period, you know. And uh, you know, as his marriage is unraveling, right? Yeah, and it's I think extremely powerful because. There's not a lot of people that speak to that in such blatant terms. And what's also interesting about it is that when it's, at least when I've seen it performed in contemporary times, uh, the lyric changes from, you know, all your other boyfriends to all your other men. Right. And that almost signifies to me sort of, well, this thought or this feeling has grown up, right? Right. It's, it's a different game now. It's a different era uh, for what it's worth. But I liked that a lot because I feel so many songs, and to bring this back and, and to what we're talking about, how this, how it, it ties into contemporary times, is that you know you, you turn on a song about love, and it's oh, I really, 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 really love you, or it's like Taylor Swift, and it's like you know all my breakups are terrible and they're awful, right? Right. And very few songs kind of hone in on that real emotion of where you know I was in this stage at one point. This is where I am now. This is what I hope to see. 
you know, you kind of look like you're parallel to where I am, and, you know, let's go. And that, to me, is just so much more real than, I saw you at the first moment, I loved you, or, you know, you're awful, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and I don't know if any of those songs there be published these days or, or sung these days, yeah, but, but Bruce did it, and it's, uh, thankfully today, he, he does it in, in a meaningful way. Yeah, I think it's hard to find nuance in a love song in general, right? Like, right. No, that's a great point. Yeah, it, it's either feast or famine, right? It's either one hundred or zero. It's either love, 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 hate, hate, hate. And to find the nuance in it, and I, and that's actually that that's the word I I would have been looking for. That is something that is very unique to Bruce, right? Who's the most perspective artist there is to be able to perceive that in the middle moment, right? Or this is as good as it will get moment. It's, it's, it's very cool. It's very cool. It, 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 it makes sense considering you would have, you know, you're, you're not a beauty, but hey, you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which definitely has to be about a fictional character because the real character yes. would be yeah. really displeased. Turn, turn around and uh, walk away. Hi, <laughs> oh, I'm the guy. I'm the girl that roosts for you. <laughs> yeah. Can't do that. We should get her on the show. <laughs> yeah, right. Wendy, Wendy. Right. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about Tunnel of Love is um, how it, you know, it's so honest about love and relationships. It's, I think, yeah, it captures it because, like, we we expect it from song. We expect this sort of nuance. People don't like songs that are political or social that are like hit you over the head. Yet we like. Right. We, we lower expectations for love. We like <laughs> down, we talk true. down the love songs. You know, we're like, oh, it's just a sweet love song. You know, it's fine. Yeah. And yeah, whereas Bruce isn't afraid to um, to 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 wrestle with both sides and all the all the. No, he's things. not afraid to go there. Yeah. You know, if you look at the trajectory of the albums, right? You sort of you know, greetings is sort of funkadelic and. You know, the next album is fucking uh, like run is sort of I'm coming into my own moment, you know, and then darkness is the sort of reflection period. Right? He has a three year gap when he's in his, his issues with the management. And you go into the river, which is sort of I, I would consider the river's adulthood, right? Yeah. Nebraska, which if you guys had five hours you could talk about <laughs> you know, which was on my list, but yeah. My goodness. I, real quick side note. The uh, woman who that song is written about, who's an accessory to that crime. Uh huh. Yeah. When I was at NBC, I had researched her. Wow. She's still alive. Oh, yeah, yeah. We talked about her on the show. And I wanted to do that story. Oh. Uh, it was shot down because people are not like you or I, where we're complete Bruce freaks. <laughs> but I thought that would be a fascinating story. Well, but you can do it for, the sh- for our show live. if you want. You can in, I, I don't think she lives in Nebraska. I, I, I have it somewhere, but she, I think she's in Wyoming or one, of, and she literally lives on a farm. Wow, still alive. She's you know, she's remarried or something. I think. Yeah, I mean, she. No one. I, it's one of those things that I think you were good or her town. Yeah, just sadly, people would be like, oh, are you serious? That, that, that woman was around for all that? You know, around for all those murders? Like, <laughs> but yeah. no, it's actually a, a true story, so is it. But so if you get to the point, if you're going through chronologically, tell love is the, the, the maturation process of 
totally. the word he writes about men and women, which he's talked about, but it's into issues that are not necessarily comfortable to get into. And I always respect when artists do that. And I don't think they do that enough. Uh, and especially somebody like him who's such a powerful storyteller, you can find a lot of interesting things on that album. You know, a lot of interesting things on that album. So were you at, uh, did you see this? Well, were you at the DC show, the River show? Yeah, I saw him perform it there. Nice, we were there too. Uh, yeah. That was a great show. Yeah, it was That incredible. was, uh, for whatever reason, DC always gets extremely good Bruce sets. Does it really? Uh, yeah, there was the, uh, one a few years ago where you played Seaside Bar Song. Oh, shit. <laughs> Not off request either. Like, Just that on was the set list. on the set list. He of which music. I was, uh, he had played something, I was like, oh, I'm going to get a beer. I heard, da, 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 da. I was like, oh, oh, I'm going back to my seat. Right away. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah, for whatever reason. But, yeah, I saw him play it there, and then um, you know, Bruce's son went to my alma mater, Boston College, oh. and Bruce used to have these fundraisers uh, at a small local venue in New Jersey by the name of the uh, Stone Pony. You right. may have heard about it. We got a picture uh, Yeah, yeah, a small little place, but you check it out sometime. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I love to see a show uh, there. Yeah, good, good MG, uh, MGD beers. Uh, <laughs> and I went there for the fundraiser, and I was fortunate to go a few times, and Bruce played this on a local bar band, but he played this with Patty. Wow. Uh, and I had always sort of heard it, but uh, over the course of those fundraisers that he did for four years, I saw him play it, and it just, blew my mind because it was so personal and you could see the way they were looking at each other and uh, I, I saw it in concert one other time prior to D.C. Where was that? Um, but it, it, it is very intimate for him. I mean, the way they look at each other is pretty wild almost to the point of where it's obvious they're telling their own story, yeah. right? And right. that's what's just so freaking cool is that how many people can say their own love stories in a, not only a good song, yeah. but also just comfortably performed in front of so many people where it's, it's not fake. Yeah, it's not like, uh, you know, baby, I love you, blah, blah, blah. It's actually, no, there's some difficulty describing here. Yeah, it's great because, be it. because he did that, he did that song, well, at the DC show, he did that song, and then he did Human Touch, and he had Patty, right. him and Patty saying that Were those back-to-back? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Which, by the way, is another very underrated album that that's a... Roll the dice. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm still with Maria's bed on that one. But yeah, it is pretty unique for them to be able to share that on stage. They're, you know, and just how how public it is, yet intimate, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's a good way to describe it. And, and yeah, I wish more artists would do that. Um, and whoever the hell Taylor Swift ends up being with it could be you know, ten guys between now and Tuesday, but <laughs> yeah, maybe that song would come out. Yeah, I always thought like, how deep would it be if somehow her and John Mayer got together and there was like a tougher than the rest for the song? Yeah, they kill the charts. I mean, hell, do it for the the notoriety. If nothing else, you guys make you kill it. <laughs> well, you guys know they did date, right? Did they? Oh, I know. That's yeah. why I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm aware. Oh, you're aware of... I, I, believe there's, I believe there's a song about him. I don't know which 
one there is. Is it, is it look what you made me do? Probably. <laughs> Probably. I think, you know, on a side note, I, I often have this conversation is we're young guys. You guys are a little bit younger than me, but we're young guys, and Bruce is older, right? But we're still drawn into his music. Right. And you think about, okay, from our generation, if you project it out, who the hell is going to sell out an arena I know. when they're in their 60s? Weren't we talking about that recently? We were, yeah. Okay. To me... I don't know who it is. I, I, have, I have a list of about five. Okay. All right. Sure. Jay-Z can sell out yeah. forever. I mean, he's 40, so he's a little bit older than us, but to, he would be a Jay-Z at 80 can sell out. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> he has the catalog, he has the persona, but like Jay-Z is for the Yeah. <laughs> His wife Beyond can that. also forever sell out. She has the persona, she has the catalog, she has the cool. Okay. So those are two. Then you start getting into it. I would put Taylor on that list. Yeah. Because she has the crossover appeal that if she has to go country to sell some albums, she can. She, she has to go pop, she can. Right? Right. So she has the catalog, again, to be able to sustain an entire greatest hit show. That's right? True. You guys think she's got to, like, she's got to, like, her music has to stand up, like, is, like, I don't know, the only analog to someone like Bruce that could still sell the same now would be, like, Madonna. It's like, is Taylor right. Swift going to stay, is Taylor Swift going to have the staying power of, like, a Madonna? Well, that's it. With, with Taylor Swift, I think Gaga is more like Madonna, and that's why I think Gaga has a staying power. What I think Taylor Swift, though, has to do is what Bruce was able to do is in you must change what your topics that your songs are about. Because true. you cannot be talking about the same stuff at you know Taylor Swift's wedding or late twenties that you're talking about when you were eighteen. You know, like your life changes. I don't care what you do, where you're from. You're not the same person at eighteen that you were. Or sorry, at thirty that you are at eighteen, right? Right. And that's where I think that if you look at the artists that can project into the future. You know, Beyonce sort of changed her sound, changed her music. You know, Jay Z's changed his sound. Taylor Swift can do that. I think mean, Lady Gaga has already done that. Could probably do that. But you think about like how it's a very like I, don't, you know, I like Hazel Leon a lot. I don't think it's about an arena in fifty years, in thirty years. Oh, they know. can't now. <laughs> no, I mean they have trouble now, right? Yeah, so it's like, you know, the national, like kind of like them. Oh, not, I'm a huge right? national fan. Plenty of country game. artists that country yeah. artists kind of have their yeah, own. But it's a different game, though. It's not yeah, they're, they're kind of their own bubble. They yeah. they just have people that will just always listen to them. Yeah. My um, life dream, by the way, is to have Bruce cover Springsteen by Eric Church. <laughs> <laughs> that would just be wild. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what we should do is get together in the pit and have you know, with a little asterisk <laughs> by Air Church. By Air Church, right. <laughs> Where'd you put it? There's actually another um, 
we've talked about on the show a few times. There's another country song that mentions Bruce prominently. It's like the whole chorus is about Born in the USA. It's like, it's a Springsteen song. It's a pickup truck. It's oh, man. I yeah. mean, they all, they, 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 love Bruce. they love him. And it's interesting. Like, I got into country to a degree. And I really like sort of old country. Mm-hmm. Got him, um, E.J. Barnum, but at the stage name is American Aquarium, and there, there's this sort of to go back to what we were talking about earlier, the uh, it's like self determination that is the cross country music that Bruce kind of dabbles in a lot is really in there, and, and the storytelling too. So it, there's a lot of a Bruce influence, a lot of country artists. It's fascinating to see. Stapleton, Chris Stapleton even said that too. Oh, is he a Bruce? Bruce yeah, there's yeah, Bruce influence that. here and there. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, so, it's, yeah. it's like Bruce has like the old country influence, and now the new right. country is influenced by Bruce. Right? So I don't know. I mean, if you and, and that's what's so cool is that I always tell people that if you want to sort of figure out Bruce, is you know listen to Dylan and, and Hank Williams, obviously, and then. Go read a bunch of Jack Kerouac. That all makes sense. <laughs> then, you know, yeah. That's just sort of the big three. That's his DNA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when I say Dylan, it's like, you know, Dylan, acoustic and electric, and then Hank Williams. And I guess he's done the Stones there. He's a big Stones fan. But yeah, those are the, those are the influences. You know what's fascinating? It, it, um, this this uh, recall this reminds me of our conversation earlier about children and how, like, Kids can dance to, you know, Darlington County or something, and then yeah. eventually they grow to learn the lyrics and find out what what's meaning to meaningful to them through it's the not, lyrics. It's not Tenth Isles the Freeze Isles. It's not, yeah, right. right. And uh, or and you've got so you've got that dichotomy of, diff, of parents and kids, young and old, can enjoy it. Then you've got Democrats and Republicans, and then it's and then anybody from any genre. I think Bruce spans that. He spans so many genres, you know, country, rock, he whatever. Wears a, it's it's, it's incredible. Right. It's the, the best artists, like, you know, they wear their influences, but then they're also completely original, and they think Bruce is... And they influence others, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so... But it, 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 again, it sort of goes back to what you were saying, is that you want, you want musicians to do that. And, you know, the one thing I've never understood is when people will say, so-and-so is sold out. Like, they're not playing what they originally did. It's like, well, okay. Like, again, they're not the state, they're not in a garage band anymore. Okay? Right, <laughs> like, right. You know, it's, it's let the sound evolve a little bit. Uh, you know, Green Day is a great example of American 80. It doesn't sound anything like Dookie. Right. Right? And it's, but it's just great. great. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's like you gotta let that process evolve. Like, Musicians are different, and and that's one thing that Bruce has really done well is he's he's managed to, to own that and not apologize for it, put it all out on the line there. And some other artists try to do that, but they kind of come across as, as domineering. You know, Neil Young will be like, yeah, you have to listen to my album about the sound of rain for an hour. <laughs> no, no, we don't want to do that. But Bruce knows it in that respect. He does, he does. And um, are you are you a U two fan? I like U two. I like U two. Um, uh, one of my favorite transformations ever is from like Joshua Tree and Rattle and Rattle and Hum era to Octing Baby. You know, they uh, yeah. completely reinvent themselves, but they're just as great. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Without that, and, and what's interesting about that is um, 
to make it more big picture is their their sound changes how the the political situation in Ireland is changing. Right. And it, it it's you know tense and tense and tense and it's real more playful and playful and you know back up the thing. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a very interesting band. They're a very interesting band. I I've always joked that you kind of don't discover them, they discover you. Yeah, you know, they're kind of peripheral background music that have catchy lyrics. And then when you start digging in the lyrics, like, whoa. Totally. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's, it's good stuff. Darlington County, real quick. Yeah. You brought that up. All right. So we got $200. We went on a rock all night to show you how big of a Bruce nerd that I am. Mm-hmm. All right. The song came on the radio once a few years ago, and I assumed Darlington County was referencing South Carolina. I just went, you know, the Darlington County was that. And if you take the time that that song was written, or performed in the 80s, right? I went to that calculator of what the inflation would be for $200 in Darlington County. Because uh-huh. you know, it's like, yeah, we had $200. $200 can't get you rocking all night in a lot of places in the U.S. anymore. There's some places where it can, and, but there's other places where it's not. And if you do the inflation, that comes out to about the 600 <laughs> I believe, in the 80s in Darlington County. Damn. <laughs> yeah, man. So it's, yeah, you gotta appreciate. You gotta appreciate. I can't but, say I've ever calculated the math. Uh, yeah, sure, you are know, a better Bruce fan than I am. You I'm, are I'm next pure, level. <laughs> that is yeah. great. We need to incorporate that into our lyrical analysis. Yeah, yeah. On the like, show. like, how much rocking all night does Bruce really do? <laughs> well, see, oh, you think two hundred dollars worth now, but it's really six hundred. I mean, my goodness, my goodness. <laughs> but that's what's, and, and it's funny because. Most of his lyrics, though, they transcend the time period, right? They do. They, so, they feel timeless. Yeah, and thankfully, we don't live in an age yet where I can't recall a song talking about Instagram or Tinder or Snapchat. Oh, I mean, I'm sure it's going to come, but yeah. you know, we will be alive to see the day of where I saw her on the Tinder and I saw her on the Snapchat. No, man, my heart's <laughs> broke. I have to go to Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> And those will be the artists that are selling out arenas. <laughs> That's right. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have to get going. You have to go? I have to go. All right. Um, well, I'm yeah. happy we're able to make it work. Yeah, thanks so you much for coming on. You guys have a lot on. to work with here, so you yeah. are out there. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Um, and if you no, ever want to resurrect your... Sorry I was uh, delayed. I've been... Battening up the hatches here at the, the house, and then uh, yeah, those kind of more storm is the remnants of Hurricane Jose. Yeah, those so, are more pressing needs. I'm <laughs> <laughs> happy to shout with you guys. It's a blast. Will it, you uh, email me a link to it, and I'll, I'll put it up on the social media? Oh, that'd be great! Wow. Oh, yeah, we didn't. Yeah, uh, yeah, we didn't yeah. mention that we were we did a show in the Tony Kornheiser studio. Yeah, and uh, Christ did chatter. Yeah, I, I recorded at Chatter with with Nigel, with Mark Stern, um, oh, and I, I got to meet Tony man. afterwards. And a great uh, man. oh yeah, they're great, and it was it was so much fun to do. Um, yeah, Mark Stern is a, a tremendous guy, and uh, are you going to be on the show again soon? Yeah, yeah. I'm, he actually texted me earlier. I'm, I'm hopefully on the first week of October. So. Oh, all right. You know, I travel a lot, so if you're not around, you know, Tony kind of gets a little, oh, where the hell are you? So now I'm back for a little bit and uh, excited 
excited to see him and, and to see the guys, but I'm kind of like the, uh, uh, I said the Tom Morello of the Tony Kornheiser and the East Street you Band. Are, you know, <laughs> Tom you know, Morello. I, I come up with it, it needs to rock, but I got my own thing going on, you, which by the way, you I went to the Rage in D.C. last week. Oh, Go you? see Prophets of Rage. Very too. good. Oh, yeah. I Very good. I love Public Enemy, too. And Oh, uh, my God. And, and what's so great about it is that you get all the Rage hits, all the Public Enemy hits, all the Cypress Hill hits, and then all the, the new stuff, which is also very good, too. It's just there's just so much energy in that show. It's, it's two hours nonstop, boom, boom, boom. Well awesome. worth the price of admission. Sweet. Yeah, I'd love to see that. It's not the Bruce four and a half, but we get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you ever want to resurrect that Nebraska story for the Springsteen oh, Song of the Week, I team. Hit me up in a few weeks. I'll, I'll do that. I love it. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Yeah, I'll actually, I'll, you know, you guys have inspired me to go research that again. I, I still have that file somewhere. I gotta find that out. Okay, awesome. Nice. We should just walk on our lawn and be like, hey, you ever heard the song? On the spot. <laughs> You probably shoot us, but yeah, you know, there's three of us, so you know, <laughs> <God bless. laughs> and that would be a valiant way to die. So. <laughs> That's right, man. All right, take care, guys. Yeah, Thanks. you're welcome on any time. Right, Thank you. So he gave it a name. So he gave it a name. All right, time for gave it a name. Uh, but what what an interview with Luke, right? What a great guy. It's great, yeah. Um, Gracious. Wish we we could have gone longer. I I was actually the one who had to cut it short. Oh yeah, he seemed to be enjoying himself. Yeah, it sounded like he. We could have yeah, we gotta talk tougher than the rest. Uh, put it yeah, I don't know. Longer than the rest. Longer. We could have done it longer than the rest. Yeah. Um, but I think I think we de- we gotta we gotta see if he wants to do a second part sometime. Yeah. For yeah. one of his other, you know, five best Springsteen songs. I think, I think the plan was, I think I was going to say we could have really put it to rest or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. So, well, they don't, they don't all work out. Yeah, what can you do? Yeah. Lord, do I know that. <laughs> all right. Okay, so gave it a name. Um, yeah, what do we got this week, Seth? Um, Who's joining the club? Just had it, and now I have it again. It's, we've got Dan, Joe. Rome in Romeo, and they're all first timers. So, did Romeo bring Juliet? Nope. No. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's. It's not. This is not Dire Straits song of the week. No. Uh, yeah. Don't tell. Don't tell Juliet. <laughs> right. He's with Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Handsome Dan. <laughs> yeah. So those are all first timers. Um, man, our list is probably like fifty, huh? By now. Um, we I didn't number this week, so. 49. 49. Yep. All right. Um, a good tally. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good alley tally. Sally. Sally. All right. Uh, let's rally oh, for... stop. No? <laughs> too much? Yeah, I mean, it was my fault. I once you go you. for a, Once I you go for a fourth rhyme. <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah. Then it's time for the ranking. <laughs> I think so. Seth, you know the ranking Ain't a one-way street Thunder Road mentions two lanes And I know where you'll probably put that next week You wanna rank it real low 
Like under gave it a name But you can't have a podcast with one guy So I guess let's collaborate Take them as they come Ranks highly in my poll So do roll of the dice and lion's den I'll reveal it on the show Reveal it on the show My list, this, this, the list, this, this Will not let you down My list, this, this, the list, this, this Will not let you down You want a meeting over Backstreet I guess I should wear the pants And you think the best song on Tunnel of Love Is fucking walk like a man I'll scour all of Google for a song worse than Sad Eyes And while I do that I'll find a better list from some random guy I love Maria's bed because I can hear sound The one thing we have in common is keeping Big Muddy down Keeping Big Muddy down my list, 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 list will not let you down. My list, 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 list will not let you down. My list, 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 list will not let you down. My list, 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 list will not let you down. Okay, so time for the ranking. Uh, we forgot to mention we're still on campus, just different location. Our third location on campus. Second day. Second day. Um, we last last night we were in the in the library in two different conference rooms. Yeah. And now we are out on what is this building? We're on the quad, kind of, right? Yeah, it, quad it, of MSU. It's okay. We're we blend in. No one thinks um, no one thinks we're too much trouble. They just think we're homeless. <laughs> right. We got our backpacks. Yeah. <laughs> we blend in well. Right. Okay, so uh, the ranking on three. Yes. Okay, one, two, three. Evacuation of, of love. the West. Are we kind of close? Um, we're not too bad. I yeah, I I kept going through and they're like, uh, is it yeah? It just it's the sec it's my second favorite song on Tunnel of Love so far, but it um it just can't surpass Tunnel of Love for me. Where's Evacuation of the West? Evacuation of the West is 28. Oh, so I have a higher than you. Okay. Oh, wow. We are really close. We were close, though. 25 and 29. Yep. Meaning we have Lovers in the Cold, None But the Brave, American Skin, and Evacuation of the West. Between the two, we could put it between None But the Brave and American Skin. I know you're high on American Skin. I am high on American Skin. Is, is it tougher than the rest? I think so. Or? It's tough skin. T American, it's tough skin than American yeah. Skin. Callous, lice and callous. Hardworking, yeah. yeah. Nine to five. Leathery. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know. If you don't, I don't feel especially passionate. Okay. No, I, lo I love the song, but, you know, I think we could put it below I, American Skin. Okay. All right. I, you know, I liked Evacuation of the West, too, better, but I'm not going to fight too hard for Evacuation of the West. Um, all right. So... Rolled the tougher than the rest into the evacuation of the West. <laughs> Alright. So, after... What episode is this? 90. 
90. You forgot to mention that. This is 90. Oh, and um, actually, it's not It's not 28th. It's, we're off by a spot. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, after 90 weeks, yes, no. Yeah. 91. This is no, no, I have it right here. Cowboys of the Sea is 89. Uh-huh. 91. 91. 91 is, is my 90 was my hometown, which we've already recorded. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. I, that was a great episode, Seth. was. I thought you made a lot of insightful points. Thank you. Um, it's interesting that you, you feel so... You were so... you were. It seemed like you were so upset about it after we were done, but it's good that now that you've... <laughs> i you sometime. All right. Um, well, uh, so, after 91 weeks in... 28th, we have American skin, 29th, tougher than the rest, and 30th, evacuation of the West. You're, you're a fucking goalie, Seth. You're always saving it. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Um, so, should we go roll right into the dice? Because you got a class. Yes. All right. Um, play us in, handsome Dan. Hit. You're like, are those guys sitting in the grass just shooting dice on a folder? <laughs> All right. Okay, so um, we after a week off, we roll the dice. Yeah. We'll see what song we get next week. Like two days off, really. Two, two days off, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, We're liberal with our time yeah. estimations. Okay, so uh, we got a dice. It's a rare live in-person roll of the dice. Yes. So I can tell that Seth isn't rigging it. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately. That's why I came to Denver. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You ready? You got the list? Yep. Yeah. No, I can see the list, so there we go. And you can tell I'm not rigging the list. Yeah. All right. We got a three, which means we're going 121 to 180. 121 is Mary Lou. Not 180 is Soul Driver. Are you are you sure? I thought Soul was it Mary Lou to Soul Driver last time. Yeah, I said Mary. I did the same thing. You did, yeah. I yeah. did the same thing. <laughs> I've already okay. I mean, right. what else is new? We are always recycling bits. Yeah, but I didn't. I I didn't. I remember Soul Driver. I didn't remember Mary Lou. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. So uh, now we'll whittle that list of sixty down with a second roll of the dice. It's a one, which. Puts us, ooh, oh, this is a nice area. River outtakes. Uh, 121 is Mary Lou, of course. 130 is Mansion on the Hill. Nice. Okay, so you got a coin? Mansion on the Hill. How does that, so we go to Nebraska, so we're at the yeah. end of. Yeah. All right. All right, call it. Heads. Are you proud? Have I gotten better at calling? Yeah, yes. Uh, it's tails. So, let's see here. We go 126 to 130. 126 is find it where you can. River era outtake. Or Good that'd advice. be a one. A two would be, yes. A two, out on the run, looking for love. Out on the run. Or otherwise known as a reset. Oh, that'd be a reset. <laughs> yeah. Three would also be a reset. It is Nebraska. Oh, shit. Um, 
Number uh, four would be Atlantic City. Five would be Mansion on the Hill. Six would be a reset as always. It's the one time I'm so, not cheering for a reset. <laughs> two, three, or six. We will start that whole process over. <laughs> a lot again. of pressure on yeah. this one. Here we go. I can do it. I can take over if you want. It's a Woo! one! Find it where you, you can. can. Find it where song. you can. I like that song. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so find it where you can is our song next week. Um, thank you so much to Luke Russert for coming on the podcast. We had a great, great time talking with him. Uh, hopefully he'll come on again one day. Um, and uh, so we'll be back next Monday. Not a two, not a two-day break this time, probably. No, take, yeah. take another week off. Yeah. Um, not a week, seven days. Our usual schedule. That's a week. Otherwise, it was a week. Right, but a week off. I, I want them yeah, to no, think that. No, we're not taking the next yeah, week off. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just six you. can six or seven consecutive days. Right. We'll be back next week. Right. Normally scheduled saves. program. <laughs> yes. We shouldn't have said anything. Right. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, find us at. Uh, Twitter.com slash Springsteen Sal. I usually go Twitter last, but yeah. SoundCloud.com slash Springsteen Song of the Week and Facebook.com slash Springsteen Song of the Week. Also on iTunes and Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, rate and review us there. And uh, we'll see you next week for Find It Where You Can. Thank you for listening. <laughs>